Good morning, pilgrims and travelers on a sunny path of life. 8.13, feeling really rested. And now, the last guy standing, leaving the albergue, Casa Ricardo, in... Ricardo on a beautiful <coughs> cooler morning here in Campillo. Well, number one, cool. The big word of the day. The heat wave has finally collapsed. We had a few drops of rain last night, but uh, that was the end. So Actually, for most of the people now who are going to be doing this Camino, it's going to be awesome weather, really, in the 20s. So, wonderful, wonderful. It's a beautiful morning. I am up in elevation here. Campiello, seeing the surrounding. It is tricky, you know, it is hard not to, to forget, you know, how beautiful... For me, at least, you know, nature is, and how nourishing. And of course, you—it's kind of slippery slope. You just take it for granted. I mean, I've been this thing for what a month now, you know. And uh, hmm. interesting. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to wear my glasses. The sun is out. Of course. Uh, I didn't think I would be the last guy out, but. Uh, yeah, everybody was uh, running off to the races. Have a nice, another nice expression. Running off to the races. And uh, all right, let's get into it. So, arrived early, and there was already a lady there. We've looked like some kind of a day pack of some sort, I'm not quite sure. But she was in the shade, uh, across from the bar, laying down. Anyway, you know, just kind of sat down and, I mean, didn't say anything. She looked like she was relaxing or whatever. Then she asked me if I would watch her stuff while she was going to get some water. And I was like, sure. And uh, that's Katie, with whom I have spent <laughs> quite a few hours for the remainder of the afternoon, evening, and then the following morning. Ouch, that was interesting. Hold on a second. Something just felt like it was pricking me on my foot. Katie, she's Portuguese. She's uh, 43 kilos, so you figure it out. She's less than uh, 100 pounds. Uh, very, very skinny and still fat. And really, really high of energy. Think of a coiled bundle of energy. Quite impressive. Uh, you know, and normally I'm the one who's perceived, you know, as being a kind of a high energy, which I can be, you know, person. But uh, she was out there. It was really impressive. And... Uh, we, she ended up staying where I was staying, in Casa Ricardo. There were two Herminia, I think, was the other place. But Casa Ricardo had a kitchen. So for me, it was uh, quite simple. So I chose Casa Ricardo. And, uh, and so I had to wait to get checked in because uh, the lady was by herself and they had like a bar, the albergue and a grocery store and she was kind of running everything. But uh, then eventually, you know, I sat down and I waited. And then uh, I guess, I don't know if it's a husband or what, or brother, maybe it's a family business. And he checked me in, gave my key, 
and then she took me, gave me a little tour, basic information about the place, you know, and then uh, went on our way, and then I settled down, and shortly after I saw Katie coming in, I didn't know her name, uh, oh, she came, I forgot exactly it happened, but she started to mention something about the, the bed cover, which is a disposable bed cover that a lot of albergues have, you know, because of sanitation, and then you throw them away. They are one-time use type deal. And, uh, you know, some of the places have bed sheet, but those you have to wash and dry. So, you know, it's a little more intensive. Sure, it is more environmentally friendly, you know, but to each his own. And so... Uh, she was thinking, she was telling me, it's like, I think that those things here, they are dirty, that they are not first-time user. And the problem was like, oh my goodness, because she spoke French, and so actually she spoke very good French. Uh, and I was like, oh my goodness, here's another French that's going to be whining and bitching about something. And then I started to kind of crack a joke about it, because I'm like, I'm just not interested, you know. I'm not interested about how bad something is, and I thought it was a great place anyway, and I'm like, and I don't care. You know, it's like, whatever, I don't care. And it turns out she's Portuguese, but I was really impressed with her French. Really, really, uh, for somebody who lives in Portugal, she... Anyway, just very, very good on the French. And then, you know, after those couple of banalities went on, and I'm kind of like... I reached out to her, I was like, are you okay? You know, you, you, don't, you don't seem to. And what did I just do? I open Pandora's box, and that means figuratively and literally here. So, this little thing, I had a hell of a time. She, She's an independent woman, lived with a cat, never did something like that. Um, and then living in an alberg, sharing space with other people, very sensitive of hearing and light and all of that. And just not able to sleep, also anxious. Uh, anyway, I'm not being able to sleep like for four days and getting lost, doesn't have any application, and uh, just confused about a lot of things and very, very hyper, so very, very anxious. And she was telling me about, you know, she came from Portugal, went to Salamanca, had a horrible night, then arrived in Oviedo, and there were three snorers, and then she couldn't sleep, and then the next day they were again snorers. and. So four days she couldn't sleep, then she ended up being taking a taxi or bus, I don't know what, to two or three stages down the road to this hotel to finally get a good night's sleep, which she did. And so when people are on their third or fourth day here, that was her first day, and then she transferred the backpack, so she just walked without it. So arrived very early, so she basically, she hasn't found a rhythm. She's all over the place. Uh, and again, you know, that's a Camino. And so I'm starting to listen to her and how she's going on and on. And I'm like, oh my goodness, my tank is going to get drained very quickly. I'm not going to be able to keep up with her for a while. I could feel physically was like, oh, this is going to be taxing. But I kind of stayed with it. So anyway, so she, you know, jumping all over. She's talking just a very, very high energy. She has a lot of energy in her so, you know, some of it, I mean, way more than me, but, you know, a little reminiscing of how I can appear to people. I can appreciate that. And so, I don't know how long that lasted, but it felt like a long time. And I realized I was kind of, my, in my stomach, I was feeling kind of not sick, but as I wanted to drink something, but I didn't want to be disrespectful and interrupt her. I wanted to give her the space and a time. Because I felt that somebody who displays such amount of energy and such volume of information at such a high pace that I think a lot of people would have trouble. And I was like, I, I didn't want to get that across. So I wanted to give, to give her some attention, you know, and, and, and some respect in that regard. And, and I could. So I just kind of stayed with her. I didn't worry about understanding everything, though it was not hard. And then eventually... She went to get a shower, whatever, and then uh, I went to do some cooking, and uh, then I went to take my nap afterward. 
funny side note, there was some uh, leftover white rice and there was some milk. So they had a coffee machine in a, like with a capsule of coffee and then they had milk and sugar that they had for the pilgrims. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to make some rice pudding, which I did, but it was like a taste of fish. So I don't know if it came from the pan or what, but something had a fishy flavor. So I ended up getting rid of the rice. It just uh, having rice pudding tasting a little bit like fish is uh, unbecoming, shall we say. And so then there was a lost daughter. I started to watch that movie by Maggie Gyllenhaal. So I was actually curious. It's uh, the Gyllenhaal siblings, you know, and... um, I was curious to kind of see. I kind of liked her as an actress. She had some interesting things. And I was curious to see her as a director. So, and it was an interesting start of the movie. I didn't go very far because there she came back. It turned out when I'd lay down and I, I don't know what I was listening to to take a little nap, she'd walk by me and like, are you sleeping? And of course I didn't hear anything. And, uh, so there I was in that the dining room slash kitchen. And so she sat down and we started to talk. And then, uh, I don't know, I guess at one point I was just like, then it was okay. It was like, I was going to be like, yeah, just just be here for her. And uh, and not just like, oh, good for you, Anthony, you're sacrificing yourself, but like something that I wanted to do, you know, that I, that it was going to be enjoyable for me to be here for her, to to listen to her. Uh, again, some of it was reminiscing of myself because of uh, she would go all over the place, something that I do. And all those tangents, you know, they are related. And she actually, she, she was good. She was a good networking. She, she created this spider web, so she wasn't losing track. She would just go on long tangents with a lot of descriptions. And at the time, it was hard for me to keep up. So it required concentration for sure. So teachable moment there about active listening over extended period of time. And uh, yeah, and then it just kind of become about being connected with this as a human being and being like, enjoying it. And yes, it was of course important and interesting to listen to what she was saying, but it was also the fact of just being with somebody else. And it felt like, yeah, that there was a, a quality to the connection. And it was enjoyable. So basically, I honestly don't know how long, but uh, we're talking about hours. And you know, I did too, but, uh, and sometimes I had to fight a little bit to to be like, <laughs> give me a break here. Let me, uh, or trying to resume what she was saying, or uh, because she, yeah, she has quite a lot of things to say. She has quite a lot of things on her mind and on her chest. And, uh, you know, of course about, one of my questions was, you know, why are you here? You know, there are so many things you can do. Why this thing? And talking about a brother who had done it, who proposed it to her, and then kind of where life was and being a little frustrated and not seeing respected where she was and what she was offering and, you know, and wondering if she wanted to keep doing that and and then standing on the Camino and maybe being open to something that may come up and then to go with it. So, you know, maybe a big change, basically. And in the end, she talked about wanting to meet herself, having an encounter, a self-encounter. So it took a while to get there. I'm giving you the, <laughs> the quick and dirty here. But uh, it was, uh, we're talking about hours to get there. But yeah, in the end, it was just really enjoyable to be with her. Uh, I mean, yeah, a, bo- a body was pleasant to be around. So, you know, as far as a female, you know, that part was uh, was enjoyable. So definitely from time to time, I, I could see myself drifting a little bit into the fantasy land, but not too much. And then, you know, and then staying with her and then relaxing. And, and then she took me out, bought me a drink. She wanted to move. Very antsy. Some of that little reminiscing of Pillar, which I remember at times, she would get bored to stay too too long in one place. Which is funny for me to say that, because I sometimes I'm the one who ends up getting bored. But I think now in my life, if I kind of like where I am, 
I don't care. I don't need to move. I don't have to go anywhere. You know, when I've been walking all day, when I arrive, I don't need to go. I'm fine. If I like the albergue, I'm just fine there. But anyhow, so we went out. And that's when I realized, too, that uh, the day had cooled off in anticipation of the rain. And it was just so freaking pleasant. The sun was still out. And the air was fresh. And there was a breeze. And I was like, oh, my goodness. What a difference that makes. And of course, that's not the case if you're in Andalusia. You know, <laughs> that's again north of Spain. South of Spain, you're gonna have to wait until October, you know, for a lot of it to get it to be enjoyable. Or unless you're by the coast, like in Conil, in September, yeah, it should start to get decent, decently cooler and a breeze in uh, Indian summer. So anyway, so mostly all of it in French. Again, very, very good. And it looked like understanding excellent. So it was interesting. English, actually, she did speak English, but her was really French. So sometime I would go to English and I could tell she, she wasn't following. So went back to French. Anyway, so it was very enjoyable. Uh, of course, I, you know, I gave her her to clothes and she gave me a nice kiss on the cheek. So... You know, you could feel from the warmth uh, of her that, uh, you know, that it, that it had been enjoyable for her too. So it was an interesting uh, exchange, you know, like, uh, I, I was relaxed, you know, I, there was no hunting, there was no, like, I want to fuck you, it was like, just enjoying, enjoying that sexual tension, sensual tension, and there was some, but that's it. It was like, and then, and then be with it and just sitting still, which I realized for me that was perfect because I'm not a hunter, you know, it's, it's perfect for me. So there was this door that was open, there was a connection, and it was wonderful where it was at. So it really went as well as it could have. She also laughed at my silly joke. She had a very funny uh, uh, foreigner uh, mishap in terms of, you know, speaking a foreign language and not understanding that, ooh, you know, be careful when you say that because uh, figurative sense is quite uh, tricky and it was very hilarious in French because a female cat in French is also the Nickname for the pussy, which in Spanish it's actually rabbit, which which interesting. Well, I guess in English it's pussy, which is pussy cat, yeah. Uh, but that could be a male cat too, actually a pussy cat. But anyway, it was an adorable, and I told her, "Don't, don't let go of that one. It's adorable. It's like you know, that's the beauty about being a foreigner. You're making the." You're making that language fun in that way, and it's just adorable because it's innocent, you know? Anyhow, so really, really enjoyable. Along the way, shortly after the boss of over here, this other woman came in. Turned out she's Italian, from Tuscany, looking like a uh, fit, not doing too good. <laughs> anyway, so blisters, you know, quite... Uh, run-of-the-mill story on the Camino and you know kind of interacted and I would have never guessed she was Italian but she was and talked a little bit but it didn't go anywhere you know which was fine so we had very very banal exchanges and the reason why I bring her in which is actually that's not because I met her not not worthy basically not newsworthy sorry is that her name is Silva like Sylvia, but without an I, so Silva, or without a, a Y. And so in the evening, so in that alberga, you had a nice patio with about four sets of tables and chairs and uh, sunshades, just very, very nice, spread out. So you had a lot of options for a lot of people to sit, which a lot of people did, because it was just wonderful in the evening. And then at one point, she walked by and she says, you know, Anthony, you talk a lot. You know, you talk, don't stop. And 
of course, you know, they get my attention. But I guess what's cool about it, and in a way, thank you, Siva, is how I responded. So not only did it not take it personally, uh, not serious at all, but I, I had a little fun and I say, yeah, of course, I, I do that to make other people feel good and feel better about themselves. So, you know, of a way of saying, yeah, this is, this is my answer to this woman. And I'm not even sure if she got it. But, uh, and I'm not sure, I forgot if I said it in Italian, Italian or Spanish or English, who knows? There were a lot of English, uh, a lot of languages being spoken, like often on the Camino. But it was interesting. So, and to me, what was the most interesting about that quick series of exchange with Silva is the last one and how unaffected or almost unaffected I was by it all. Before, I would have been more self-conscious. I would have been more reactive. I was like, okay, thanks for your observation. I couldn't care less. You know, it's like, but that's right. You have the right to, to have it, and thanks for sharing it, but uh, I don't give a damn. And, but in all nice way, you know, I mean, I, I didn't have that thought. I was like, yeah, okay, I don't care. So it was nice to feel the lightness inside. I wouldn't call it the unbearable lightness of being, but just, uh, yeah. okay. And I'm sorry, I have to make another comment uh, about what I'm ex experiencing right now. The, the coolness of the morning air, it's just wonderful, my goodness. And uh, I have to say, I've enjoyed the sun, but... Oh, you know, and, and I'm not going to regret it, but I will miss it, I think. I will miss the heat, you know, the 30 to 35 during the day. Uh, but this is wonderful. Anywho. And then I met two, Tuket. Tuket. Oh, I remember her name. Good for you, Anthony. Tuket. I had to find a way to remember two, like you in Spanish. And Ket, as of yet, which is kind of weird, but it worked. Took it, this Vietnamese woman who speaks very good English, who lives in Germany for I don't know how long, and who's made her life there, and also speaks very good German. She was my my roommate. So I, I, I'd seen her before, but I've pretty much <laughs> committed to Katie uh, the whole afternoon. And uh, she, she showed no sign of changing. So I found a cool segue to move on and transition and to go to bed. But she was impressive, uh, stamina. But uh, Tukiet was uh, my neighbor. So, you know, as I went and after I brushed my teeth, I just acknowledged her. Voilà. And... Uh, she started to talk, which was interesting. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of say hi, you know. Nice, nice to meet you. And, uh, hello, neighbor. And so it was a very, very interesting conversation. And uh, it was just surprising that, you know, there was something else that was being engaged. So, you know, for the last few days, I've been kind of on a quiet, quiet side, you know, on a quiet front of uh, exchanges and... Uh, that, that definitely could have been somebody I could have seen myself having a conversation earlier on, but it was too late. It was about 10 o'clock, and, uh, and I was done for the day. But that was nice. And then, in the morning, I found out there was a Japanese woman. Uh, I had not guessed right, it was a couple. He's from Sicily, and she's from Japan. So... I could only master a couple of uh, Japanese words to her, but, you know, chat a little bit. And with, uh, I guess, I don't know if they are husband and wife. Oh, my goodness. We have a lot of dogs here. Are you on a leash, too? Yeah, it looks like Lola. And there's a goat. So anyway, so 
quite an interesting, such a smooth, soft, uh, fresh evening for a change. Uh, yeah, we had had heat for a while, and it was uh, wonderful, wonderful. So, quite a surprise that encounter with Katy. It's not Katie. Katie is the American. Katy. Uh, you know what I, my uh, pre-concept, my pre-idea of her, my prejuicio, my prejuicio, prejudiced, you know, the mindset that I had, that it was like, this woman was like, woof, good luck, you know, I'm just going to bounce off of her and then move on. And turned out, to, turned out to be a very sweet exchange, very sweet and pleasant afternoon and evening. And, uh, yeah, we ended up being in that bubble, and it was very, very nice. I had the funny thought at some point about, you know, you enjoy me, asking for a phone number, and I was like, no, nothing. It's this moment, this experience, uh, nothing more is needed. And then something else, too, you know, she, was, she had a kind of a plan of her trip, she was kind of showing me the note she had done, and she was very big into sharing, so I think she did feel trust with me, and she was really doing a lot of uh, some sharing sometime a little more, not too far from the surface, you know, but I could tell at some point that she was sharing things a little more intimate, but, you know, with with some respect, with some uh, consideration. And then uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to tell you some places because what you're telling me about having trouble with crowds and lights and all that stuff. The one say I would definitely not advise you to go to municipal albergues. I would throw that out. And if you can spend the money, then spend the money. It's worth it. And then I told her about the places that I really enjoyed. And she's a cat person. So... Casa Chavez, or Sanchez, maybe it's Sanchez, in uh, Grandes de Salime, would be a place she would love. So I kind of basically told her the places and, you know, kind of gave a little bit of explanation in terms of what's ahead and, you know, I mean, and she, I'm not even sure if she's done anything like that remotely, even like hiking and stuff like that. So she, she doesn't have any idea about what a rhythm, what a pace is. And, uh, but at one point she was asking me where I was going the following day, because I guess she had not remembered that I was going the other way. So she was surprised, you know, by, uh, by what I said. And I kind of sensed that she was thinking that maybe, you know, we could maybe walk together the next day. And uh, it was like, eh, no, this is not where I'm going. Anyway, another touch. But I really enjoyed it. She was very, very sweet. Uh, it was really, really enjoyable. And uh, so she basically chose to go to Pola de Allende at Pola Grino, you know, where I'd stayed. And, uh, and so she ended up calling to make a reservation. So, you know, it's, we're looking at not even 15 kilometers. And I was like... I mean, you really don't need to get up early. You know, more than likely, most people are going to be leaving early, so you'll have the place to yourself. You know, enjoy, you know, and rest. But most people were, were up and ready to go bright and early. Most people doing... Uh, hola, hola. Uh, most people going to cross to do the big climb, going to hospitales, and so they were up and going early. And so she ended up being awake too. And so we ended up spending, well, I mean, I was outside, you know, you're at the kitchen, and I was outside with my languages, but I didn't get to practice too, too much while she was around because of, uh, I mean, she, whether it was a need or she wanted, you know, this interaction, socializing, I was like, of course, you know. So we chatted, I, she asked me about it, she had those walking sticks, but she didn't know how to use them, and 
she had a pair of shoes and a pair of hiking boots. So, and the boots were like brain freaking you. And even think about like, whoa, you know, maybe a good thing to buy those things before you start to walk because you could have some bad surprises there. Like blisters and the shoes not fitting right, but even think about it. But she was like, you know, asking me about, you know, why should I put those shoes? And I'm not even sure, you know, that it was something she really needed. I'm saying she was fine, but I think it was just enjoyable for her to, to just interact. So anyway, so a little bit of technical stuff on the backpacking. And then uh, she shared with me some, she had gingers, kind of ginger candy and something she, she was sharing with me that she wanted to, so some I accepted, some I didn't. Actually, I had an open uh, little break of uh, gazpacho. It's like, I will have no problem checking that down. And then some other thing, like a protein bar, I'm like, thanks, but I'm good. It's like, you know. But anyway, I'm sorry, I'm digressing here. But anyway, so we just uh, ch- chatted for a while, and then she eventually got on a merry way. And then I was the last one. And uh, it was very nice. So really enjoyed my time with her, and really enjoyed when I was uh, when I was alone again. And I got to practice more languages, and I listened to some uh, Dave Chappelle and Conan Conan O'Brien uh, on YouTube while uh, eating my leftover pasta, which I realized they're really they really work well for me. It's so simple, you know. Kind of almost like a picante, like salsa picante, like a, what do you call that? Uh, yeah, salsa. Like spicy, little spicy salsa with chunks of things in tomato sauce. And uh, it was wonderful. It was an orange. Anyhow. And then uh, here I am toward Finally, Bodenaya, which, according to some, is the best albergue on the Camino. So, that's a high, uh, high claim. Eh? For sure, for me, it's like, whoa, that is a bold claim. Uh, and of course, it is subjective. It's arbitrary because there is no objective baseline that makes an albergue. You know, for some people, the the what the services they offer is what makes the place. And then for me, it would not be. For me, it would be. Uh, oh, okay. Well, um, I've already done two and a half. Okay. Oh, plums. Mm. But to me, it would be more the warmth and the people there, actually. You know, you could have very bare, bare facilities, but an amazing warm heart, and that to me makes an amazing one. And if you have both, like in the case of Casa de Fernanda in Corgo, in Portugal, in Corgo, then that makes a, a killer combination, but that's my standard. You know, like, uh, you know, Gwemes, you know, people talking about it, it's like, well, you got to stop. And yeah, it was a very interesting experience, an impressive place. But nowhere around my top albergues for me, it was not, it is not that. Even now, the more I think, the more it feels like an institution or like a resort, but it doesn't feel... It doesn't have to me that quaint feeling, uh, el, el lado acogedor, yeah, quaint, something quaint and welcoming and warm and fuzzy, acogedor. Uh, I, I like uh, I like that word, acogedor. And uh, but you know, to each his own. But that being said, you know, it was a very nice phone exchange with, I think his name is Sergio. I'm not sure. But uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I really feel like 
I had a really good rest yesterday. You know, it was interesting to find myself slowing down in the sun, you know, yesterday. And the idea of kind of a meditative walk and then using less energy. So, again, it was also a shorter day. So I'm aware of that part of me kind of pressuring or or feeling like, yeah, Anthony, look, you you got a big distance, better better get a head start, you know, just in case. That kind of anxious, that kind of trying to get ahead, you know, instead of like, you know, this is not a horrible day. We're not in a winter. It is not a snowstorm or tornado. So it's like, it's a beautiful, most days have been great. You know, it's like, what's a rush? I have a place. I have a reservation. I have a reservation even for tomorrow. Uh, The day after, I don't think I will need it because of where it's going to be and i still have to choose that one actually i'm debating yeah uh well i guess i can i can talk about it grado is where that was my first uh i was gonna pee here but there is a backpack oh there's somebody with a dog and so there is Villa Pañada, and that was another place I considered, but I opted out because number one, there was no grocery store, and number two, the other one was a was a donation. Uh, hold on a second. Let me see here. I think this is actually where I'm supposed to go. Hold on a second, guys. Anyhow. So on the oh, there's a cat. Hang on. He's looking at something. You come? No, he's still afraid. Okay. Anyhow, uh, let me see here. Well, I guess I'm supposed to go here. I have to look at my GPS again. Yeah, okay. All right, 900 meters. So, what I'm thinking is that maybe going to Villa Pañada, which then would mean I would have to drop my pack, walk back toward Oviedo to go to the grocery store in Garado with a group to get the groceries and turn around and come back. And uh, I had heard something good from Paki about that albergue. She liked it. And because of where it's at, you get less traffic. So number one, you know, good. Because yesterday, there people just kept trickling down. Uh-huh. Oh, there's a couple of cats, at least one cat there. And uh, hold on a second, Pellegrino. Uh, and uh, okay, I know where I'm going. And so by the end, a dorm, all the bottom bunks I think were filled, and then some top bunks. So you had like 16 bed totals, so there were about 10 of us when I thought we we're going to be about three. But people kept arriving very late, and yesterday was a very hot day indeed. Hola. And uh, yeah, I was just blown away by, you know. But again, being on a primitive, I think you get all kinds of grades of people, and you know, and some people may be really enjoying while they are out and not worry about arriving too early. Who knows? But the point is, okay, I'm finding a place here where I can be. Very good. Uh, this is very nice too here. Yeah, I have to say the primitive is wonderful network of trails so there is asphalt but there is a lot of trail beautiful lots of trees but via pañada so it would be a little further i think it's about two kilometers if i'm not mistaken from uh, garado so one and it's also in the middle of nowhere i think there's nothing else so that is very attractive and as i'm actually articulating it you know as i'm venting it out to the universe i'm realizing yeah this is where i'm gonna go you know even though you're paying 
to stay there. Grado will be the donativo, but to actually have a different experience, to go to a different place, and just curious, you know, and possibly having almost nobody would be very nice. And that would be my last uh, my last day on the on the primitivo because then I would uh, I'm pretty sure I would go past. Oviedo, you know, it would make for like a 30-something kilometers, but that would be fine to go to that Donativo, which is a little past. I don't think uh, I'd want to stay in uh, Oviedo again, even though I loved uh, Ospideria, I loved Maria and uh, Cobadonga. They were very, very sweet. And I would go say hello to them because you walk to the cathedral. So... And they're right there. But I think I would go to whatever it's called, that place. I will have to call them, which uh, I think by tomorrow I will do that. And then, of course, the place in Amandi, Ferreria, the one I've been trying to go for since last year, uh, I will call to see if, number one, they take reservation, if, number two, if they have place. And if they don't, you know, fine. I would have no problem, but at least to give it another shot. Anywho. And oh, there's a lot of early people. Uh, I forgot what's before Campiello. Oh no, actually it is Tineo. That's where they come from. One of the S. Yeah, yeah, people are from Tineo and they just started very early. <laughs> so they have the big climb today. Anywho. So today, Bodenaya, looking, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm curious, you know, I'm going to stop by Tineo, where I had stopped last time I was with uh, Isaac. Speaking of, I need to leave him a message. Uh, I was with Isaac, and then that's where we separated after spending a chunk of time together. And that was kind of the beginning of us spending a lot more time together. For most of the Camino, basically, until until where? Until Lugo? Oh yeah, Lugo, because then I did the 47k, which he didn't, and then I saw him on the way back. But uh, I stopped another croissant, which was very very nice. So I'm not sure if I'm going to go for that, but I'll be getting uh, more than likely some fruit or something. But I'll stop by the store. Anywho. Yeah, you have a lot of people already going. My goodness. Yeah, that's, uh, I wasn't expecting to see that many. Uh, but then again, I left. I left late for, for the time of the year, for that kind of Camino. People are already rock and rolling. Anyhow. Yeah, seeing a lot of strangers, you know. People are strange when you're strangers. Faces look ugly when you are alone. Women seem wicked when you are unwanted. Faces are when you're down, when you're strange. Faces come out of the rain when you're strange. No one remembers your name when you're strange, when you're strange. When you're strange Anyway, the doors on that note, my friend. I'm going to let you go and uh, get on my merry way. Wish you a beautiful day. And maybe we'll talk later. Buen Camino. I just passed this mama cow grooming a calf. Baby calf. Bunch of cows sitting. 
overcast, beautiful morning, very, very cool. And I interrupted my uh, extended uh, mantra walking meditation to share that thought that was triggered by seeing that cow licking a baby. And I remembered hearing about those studies, quite a few of them, and I do not dispute them, you know, that it shows that, you know, baby infant that are really nurtured by the mother, by the parents, touched and, you know, interacted in such a way, makes a difference. It's very instrumental in terms of how those children grow. And like I said, I do not dispute that at all. But I think I have a little contention with some of its implication. So there is no question that, you know, if you put a child in a war-torn zone versus another one that grows up in a hippie community near the beach of Hawaii, or Finisterre, for that matter, you know, you're going to have complete different result. No questions. But does that necessarily imply good or bad? Does morality enter there? And there I'm not sure. I think here I may disagree a little bit with the science, which seems to suggest that it can find out the truth, so the, the, recipe, the, the, the recipe to life, you know, to... If you do that, then you get something better, and therefore everybody should want to do that. And, oh, that's not so good, so nobody should want to do that. That makes me think of my childhood, you know, and though I do not wish it on anybody else, but I completely honor, value, and respect it, you know. Yeah, it was a very bitter pill to swallow, but not only do I not believe in accident, but I believe that the instrumentality of my childhood had something to do in shaping me in my individual, unique way. And uh, that's a tough one to go and say, you know, those things should be and those things should not be. And those things are bad or good. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I guess I'm not a scientist there. Because this absolutism, you know, this fundamentalism in saying this is right, this is wrong. I see a problem. I don't know if I would call it a flaw. But I see a problem with that. And uh, so seeing that cow, you know, licking that baby, and of course it's wonderful. I remember, you know, uh, when Pilar, that, uh, oh, is that the fountain? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think that's where. Yeah, if I get stayed, I get stayed. Let's see if the water is treatable because I have some gazpacho, and I need to dilute it. Prohibited. Uh, lavar vehículos. It looks like it's drinkable. Uh, Wonderful, let's guess. Yes! You look good to me? Yeah? Oh! Well, oh, there's, there's a. Yeah. You look good to me? You good to me? Yes, you do. You look good? Yeah? No? <laughs> it has a stick. It's like, yeah. You're a male. Aren't you a male? Yes, you are. <laughs> You're adorable. You're adorable. That's the kind of dog I love. And I was wondering if I can interact with him actually. That's him from a distance. <laughs> Very sweet. I think he belongs to her. Yes. Yes. Anyhow. <laughs> so, to go back to the topic at hand. Yeah, so to finish with my example with Pilar on that uh, Friday walk, 
on the beach when I saw her going to to Javi to her son and then the the affection you know that she showered him with and you know the sadness that ensued that I felt because of uh, not having at that kind of kind of knowing it even though I had not had it but it's like oh wow that's what it's like and uh, yeah interesting place where I found myself is at the horrors of life and I guess meaningful horrors I would call them I guess meaningful horrors that the idea of creating a black and white saying which is this is okay this is not okay I think it is kind of limiting. It's, it is like short changing oneself to me, of course, uh, because again, I don't, I don't have a scientific mind. This is not the kind of person that I am. Uh, you know, I am more and more going into the the gray area, and so uh, you know. I'm not curious in that way. You know, if I was a doctor, I know it would be different. You know, you would look at all the suffering and you wanting to be part of the cook. One of the F. No, no, Santiago. No, por aquí, Italia, Grecia, Africa, uh, Andalusia, y Santiago. No, I started from Sí, sí, Oviedo. Sí, sí, sí. Demasiado fácil. Es para, es para los guiri, para los novatos. Sí. Para los atletas como yo, nos faltan más. <laughs> Buen día. Chao. So I sure could appreciate, you know. If I was a scientist and if it was my, my dedication and my passion. And if I had that, that kind of gene, you know, to, to really value caring and that compassion and nurturing people in that way. That obviously it would make sense that you know I would look for for those kind of solutions. It's just that mine they are relatives, the solution, which sounds weird, even as I'm saying it, and as I am picking ahead of me, I'm about to pass by Tineo. So I'm about halfway on my day. So yeah, there's just a relative relative value. And so, I'm not looking for certainties, you know, I'm, I am not, you know, responsible. I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not in charge, you know, like a doctor. A doctor has that sense of responsibility. A teacher, you know, they have a, they have a duty to acquire and master a certain type of knowledge. And then with that experience, and it turned into that kind of wisdom, you know, like a, like a tenured professor or like a mature doctor or a lawyer or whatever, a judge, whatever you call it, like a CEO, whatever, whatever those things are. And then hold on here. I don't think I'm going through the town, no? Maybe. No, I don't think so. I think I'm going up here. Let me see here. Well, no, I guess. Interesting. I guess I'm going this way. Okay. And so I, I see, yeah, I was, uh, I don't remember to whom I was talking about that. Maybe it was two days ago, you know, the idea of uh, not only, you know, that I really, I have no problem whatsoever with my childhood, but I do value and I do find meaning in that suffering, in that, in those trials and tribulations that it was not in vain, it was not an error, and I was not a victim. Even though at the time as a child, of course, I was. My point of view was so narrow, you know, I was so dependent, but that, that I guess kind of like everything in life, you don't control everything, you know? If you go, if you go work somewhere, you're gonna have a boss or your clients, so there's always gonna be some elements which are out of your control, and sometimes that triggers, you know, negative emotion, frustration, anger, fear, you name it. And, uh, you know, so maybe the difference is only relative to, 
and it's also kind of graphic. You know, you're looking at a child. Of course, you're looking at a creature that is less capable of understanding or defending or processing, you know, choosing, you know. So I think the, the victim angle uh, makes, uh, makes more sense, you know. But uh, yeah, as I keep moving forward in life and as I am, I think, trying to or learning or playing with the idea of reframing my ideology, the stories or, or being, becoming more aware of the stories I'm telling myself over and over again, and then becoming aware of some of them in a way that are not serving me or they are not that useful, and then looking at reframing them or updating them. And as I'm playing with that, you know, then the idea of victimhood, victimhood has become completely... Okay, come on. Go. Um, okay, this is here. Okay, good. Okay, so I need to keep my mouth open. Oh, and there is a kitty. Let's see if he'll let me pet him. Yeah, or you're mowing, so you're going to let me pet you. Yeah. Why is it? Yes. Yeah. Were you the one that was biting last time? Yes. Mm. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you went right between my leg. That's a lot of trust. Okay, I'll give you a little sugar. Yeah. No, maybe you're not the one. There was one that was, he had mixed feeling. It was kind of rough and sweet at the same time. A little too much for me. Okay. Well, it's good to meet you. Uh, you gonna come back here for a minute? Yeah? Mm -hmm. I'm sure I don't have anything to you. I only have oranges, Nutella, and no sausage. You don't look too, too bad, actually. Yeah, you're he. I know you're he. <laughs> Thank you for lifting up my backpack. All right. Have a good one. Yum, yum, yum. So, I guess as I am focusing more on the things that I can actually affect change upon, you know, to choose your battles wisely. Um, then the story of my childhood, you know, not forgiving, not forgetting, that came up one of the ads that came up with cat yesterday. Yeah, turn left and turn left. Thank you. Going through the north part of Tino. Church. Church is going to be right here. I don't even remember going through that with. Uh, with Isaac last time. Anywho. So, you know. Was my childhood an error? I don't believe that. You know, it doesn't mean, I guess, I guess maybe that's my point. Here we go. Ultimately that it doesn't mean you don't want to change something, you know, like we all feel we have to contribute, we want to, or there is some uh, call to action that we feel uh, compelled to respond to, but uh, without turning it into uh, a right or wrong 
and uh, that may be my point. Like this is, this is what I feel called upon to do. This is my passion. And if it is, then yeah, fight for it. That seems to be part of life, you know. This idea of fighting and struggling, resistance, sacrifice, victory, loss. You know, the drama of life. But not because it's right or wrong, but it's because that's who you are. But because that's what you want to do. Because that's what gives meaning to your life. And that's a why. You know, it's not that you know what's better. It's just because that's who you are. You cannot help but doing that and being that. I kind of like the way that came out. Because, I, you know, it's kind of, can you be passionate without being right? And, you know, what does it mean to be passionate? You know, to tap into that, that part of yourself, that flow state, you know, of quote-unquote who you are meant to be instead of who you should be or who you're told to be, but who, who you want to be. <laughs> and maybe that's kind of what I'm playing with. I think for a very, very long, long time, I... I wasn't listening, you know, to my voice. And even up to now, I'm not sure how much of that has been better. I think there have been some betterment. I think it's, I think it's undeniable. But I don't know, you know, how much still asleep I am at the wheel. I know I'm not fully awake, that I do. You know, I'm definitely, I'm not a fool when it comes to that. But uh, you know, the last three years in Spain have been a heck of a schooling. You know, when it comes to uh, this is what you thought life was. This is the kind of navigation system you thought you needed. That was the most efficient. That produced the most. And it was. It's been a very humbling. You know, kind of that walk, kind of like that walk two days ago, you know, where, what a beating I took. And a little, little parenthesis here. Actually, I don't think it was that second climb, but I think there was something I was going through because, again, the pack was feeling heavy, and now the pack is like feeling like peanuts again. So there was definitely something else going on. But that being said, it was a nice, it was a kind of a nice, perfect storm to, to where I, I felt uh, things differently. It was, a, it was, it was one of the my hardest walk that I remember. But anywho, so to go back to my point, you know, which is my time in Spain has been strongly formative. I have, I think I've learned a lot. I really have learned a lot, and I think I have changed a lot. It'll be interesting, you know, whatever happened with the whole France thing, if I end up in France and go to see my mother, and I am pretty sure, you know, that some of those good old triggers are going to be nice and alive. But, you know, you never know. You know, maybe I'll... Uh, Maybe there'll be new copying skills, new tools that I have, new strategies, and some of those old ones maybe will make less sense and will not have such a strong voice or such a relevant platform. And that's my guess. And that's a story that I'm going to keep telling myself. So all of that out of seeing that cow licking a baby calf and finding it so sweet and tender. And then leading to, you know, this idea of morality, of absolutism, certainty, and relativism, which I have the feeling that's definitely seemed to be part of my uh, chromosome genome makeup um, in a lot of what I talk about. I'm not interested in right and wrong. 
in black and white, but I'm interested in stories, you know, in passions and convictions and dreams and nightmare. Just that. Anywho. So, walking my way now. Just was going a little bit through Tineo. And then now it's kind of still very nice, sidewalk and all. Oh, we're going to come to that funny statue of a pilgrim. And uh, good place as any to let you go, my friends. And uh, like I say, I'm about halfway through. So today, making an effort to walk slower and then more steady. And then we'll see where that goes. Love, peace, plant.